You just need to take the step and get out there and do it. We actually can turn what we love into our career. You know, I need to do something for myself. That you can actually live a life that's different from what society expects you to do. It's the best decision I've ever made. What are you waiting for? Are you going to wait another year? I feel so alive. The Van Life Series, brought to you by Augie Sunday. Hello, this is the Van Life Series podcast. If you're new here, then hey, I'm Camille. And if you're asking, what is this podcast? Well, it's designed to share stories of people who are giving this van life thing a go. We find out why people are interested in this lifestyle and what it's actually all about, not just what you see on Instagram or on someone's highlight reel. If you're considering van life, you may get some tips on things you might want to consider before jumping into it, or you might be someone that needs a bit of inspo to convince you to take the leap, and this might be it. In today's episode, we hear from singer-songwriter Kim Churchill, who is no stranger to van life. Kim has had three vans in Australia, four in North America, and one in Europe. He has built out and designed vans that he can live in, write, record, and tour, which is pretty cool. His current van has a stage that slides out of the side and an off-the-grid power source to allow him to be able to play gigs anywhere. That's pretty cool. He lives quite an interesting life, so I'll hand over to Kim to tell his story. Lately I've been wondering about the end of us and if what I did was right. Well, my name's Kim Churchill. I am a singer-songwriter and an artist and I have been travelling around the world for the last 10 years uh, playing gigs and recording music and um, writing songs to perform for people. Um, I really enjoy touring. I mean, sometimes it does get a little bit exhausting, but it's definitely, you know, a lifestyle that I, I really love and, and a way of living that I really love. Um, I predominantly sort of build lovely little homes in the back of camper vans so that touring is, um, you know, this kind of exciting adventure and there's a lot more unknowns and there's a lot more kind of... Um, um, you know, you just don't, you don't really know what's going to happen and that makes for a lot more exciting stuff. It makes for a lot more exciting things happening in the days, you know. Fortunately, I don't see too many hotel rooms um, and I don't spend too much time in the sort of, you know, classic backstage rooms of venues and stuff. Um, I also really like to play a lot of very alternative gigs. Um, my booking agent and I in Europe have started calling this lifestyle touring um, and the idea is, you know, finding places that just fit with my lifestyle to perform rather than perhaps playing your sort of classic club club rooms or music venues. Um, I travel in my van. I mean, I wouldn't say it's entirely full-time because I do rent a room with some friends in Newcastle, but realistically I'd say probably about eight months of the year. Um, oh, maybe more like ten months of the year. Um, and I've been living this way basically since I finished high school, so since I was 18. So I'm 30 now, so it's been 12 years. Um, and I've had quite a few different vans. Um, I've had three different camper vans in Australia, um, four different camper vans in um, North America, and one camper van in Europe. Um, and all of them are sort of, yeah, built and designed so that I can live in the back and write and record music in the back and... Um, tour around and sort of play that way and 
my van here in Australia, even the most recent one I've had done, has a stage that slides out of the side and uh, off the grid um, power source, which allows me to kind of play gigs anyway, you know, um, really get off the beaten track, um, totally ready for the apocalypse, so to speak. Um, the van that I'm living in and recording this from in right now um, is a Toyota commuter um, that I bought back in 2015, I think. Um, and when I was touring then, um, I had a sort of slightly bigger production, a bigger stage show, uh, and I needed, I needed to, to have seats still. So we had um, seven seats and I had sort of a raised floor behind that with a bed on it and all the gear would go underneath. Um, but as the years went on, I've sort of um, consolidated my touring and streamlined everything. And now I had a, a great friend of mine, um, Tyson Moore, who has a company called Undercover Creative, um, build me just this, you know, absolutely ideal world um, using all kind of natural and sort of recycled pieces of timber and and uh, an old chest of drawers that his mum had had for about 40 years and this beautiful old silver salad bowl as a sink and, um, and yeah, just a gorgeous big kitchen drawer that slides out with a small drawer fridge, um, a single bed and a double bed that slightly overlap but are on different levels. So the person on the single, um, their legs kind of go underneath the double, which is quite clever. And it's sort of the single bed also sort of serves as a couch and a work area for me, um, which is really brilliant. And then I've got some solar panels on the roof and the surfboards go on the roof, although there's a surfboard rack inside as well, which will often hold a couple of boards, but it depends how many surfboards I've got on the road. Um, my favourite thing about my camper van would definitely be my um, off-the-grid stage. Uh, I worked with Yamaha on a PA system that could run on a very small power outage um, so I can either run it off solar or a generator. Um, I, I normally use a small generator just because, you know, if I only had solar, it would be fairly worrying um, that the power would run out, you know, mid-gig or something. Um, so predominantly use the generator. But it, the stage slides out of the side door and it allows me to, um, it allows me to sort of play play anywhere you know and we can put on sort of small gigs like I would never do a camper van gig to more than about 150 people um but you know it allows me to play in every, every town around Australia I can go and do something in whereas you know back when I was working more in conventional music venues there may only be sort of you know 30 30 relevant venues around the country whereas now you know the options are, are um limitless When I'm on the road, I stay in all kinds of places, all kinds of places. I often like to drive after a gig. Um, if, I, if, if I'm if i at a gig and I decide I'm going to stay the night, then, you know, I've got a bit of a rubber arm and all of a sudden I'm staying up till stupid o'clock drinking and carrying on with the people at the gig and, you know, the people that put the gig on or, or whatever. And so often I'll start, sort of um, drive after the gig. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's a, just a better way to wind down and I get a few hours on the road and that gives me a couple of extra hours in my day the following day to do things like meditate and do yoga and, you know, catch up on emails or do some songwriting time. Um, so, you know, often I just pull over anywhere, you know, find a, find a side street, drive into the bush a little bit, rest stop, um, wherever. If, if I have, uh, if I have time, if I have a few days off, there are spots, 
around the country that I like to um, that I like to visit that are like paid campsites and stuff like that. Um, and with friends, I mean, I very consistently stay with friends. Right now, I'm parked in the driveway of my friend's house in Northcote in Melbourne because I've got a few things to do in the city. So you know, you often stay with friends, and if anybody's ever got a bed inside, you just jump on that because, um, as beautifully comfortable as my van is, um, it's nice just to get a bit of homely, a sense of a sense of home. You know, to just enter a building from time to time. It's it's um. It can be refreshing. I do get incredibly inspired from being on the road. Um, it works in this real sort of cyclical way where, you know, I'm writing songs and performing them. That's that's my job, essentially. And um, that, because of doing that, I need to constantly be travelling to perform them to different people. And and um and the, the travel is the thing that inspires the song so so i sort of travel around playing these songs for people and the travel that i'm doing inspires the new songs and it kind of you know just sort of lollops along in that in that nice nice fashion where um everything you know my entire life is is the artwork and everywhere i go and all the people i meet and all the things that um i experience are then inevitably channeled into the melodies and the feel and the vibe and, and the lyrics and the, the thoughts that I'm having and the things that I feel like writing about. Um, a standard day in the life of Kim on the road, um, I wake up quite early um, unless I have a late gig the night before. Um, I'll often wake up at about five and make a cup of tea, light some candles. Um, I'll write from five until seven or eight um, you know, I just find writing early in the morning is a great, great way to sort of get the right-hand side of the brain out of the way. It's asleep still, you know, and, and I have all of these ideas and all of the all of the beaten paths that my mind has created um, musically and creatively are sort of forgotten a little bit. My mind is this, you know, f- sort of foggy wanderer kind of trying to figure out where the hell it's going. And, and, and within that are all of the new pathways, the new exciting things that spur creative inspiration um so then sort of in between sort of seven and and you know 10 11 o'clock i'll probably um do some yoga and meditate um and surf if i'm near the near the ocean you know i try to surf as much as i can most days um and then i'll pull out my laptop and my notebook and do a few hours of work um for work i call that bit work um and yeah, basically just, just catch up on emails, just make sure I'm on top of everything, um, you know, get some social media stuff done if I need to promote gigs or promote new music or something like that. Um, and then I'll travel wherever I need to go, you know, sort of 11, 12 o'clock until 3 or 4 in the afternoon. We'll normally be driving or travelling. Um, and if it's a gig day, then I'll be arriving at the gig and setting up and sound checking um, and making sure that everything is prepared and ready for the gig and then I'll have something to eat. Um, oh, I will have breakfast in the morning, by the way. I don't wait until 5, 6 in the evening to eat, but I normally eat a couple of times a day. Um, so, yeah, I'll have something to eat, 5, 6 o'clock or something, and then and then it's time for the gig and sort of say 6, 7 o'clock until, you know, 10, 11 is, is uh, gig-orientated and fully about the gig and 
And then after that, as I say, sometimes I'll, I'll drive the van for a few hours to get ahead of the next day or I'll stick around and hang out with some friends or, you know, do whatever, do whatever I want with those hours. But I, I like to be asleep by 10, 11 o'clock if I can manage it. Um, the biggest thing that I've learned so far on the road, um, gosh, I don't know. I couldn't possibly tell you the biggest thing. I, I couldn't. I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about yesterday that um, really hit home that me and a friend were talking about was that nothing is free. Um, and we were talking about it within the context of, um, I mean, basically it was within the context of clothing brands trying to send me free clothes, which happens quite a bit. And, um, and it just branched out into this larger conversation about the fact that, yeah, nothing is really free. And... When you're on the road, you sometimes think that, you know, people are just serving up, you know, wonderful, wonderful things for you. But realistically, you need to understand that all of it comes um, not at a cost, but all of it comes because they're interested in that as well. And and there are beautiful moments on the road where people just want to look after you and stuff. But that leads to friendships and friendships um, can be beautiful, but they involve time and commitment and um and, you know, I'm, I'm not marching around places sort of accepting beautiful amounts of hospitality off somebody and then never talking to them again. Like it's a, that is then a friendship and, I, and, and um, what I'm bringing to the table is friendship and what they're bringing to the table is friendship and that's, that's beautiful. But I think that's a big thing that I've learned is that nothing is free and that people, the people that you meet on the road all are real people that have desires and thoughts and emotions and love to give and love to receive and um, any time that I'm traveling and meeting people I need to stay aware of this and not just think that um, you know that I'm being served up sort of free hospitality or free whatever you know um, and I think that's a really good lesson to learn on the road every day you'll have interactions you'll have you'll meet people you'll experience things and all of this is something to be grateful for and something to understand within the context of what you're doing and within the context of what you're going to do and where and how you're going to dedicate your time and your emotional labor and your emotional energies and stuff. And, and um, that allows you to, to, to be honest, to positively say no um, more often than you might otherwise um, because a lot of the time, you know, it's important to say no and it's important to look after yourself and understand what you are, you know, how much you can take on and how much you can handle of this wild existence on the road on a day-to-day -day level. Um, I prefer to travel on the road with people, um, especially if I'm playing gigs. Um, you know, I have a lot of dear friends and, and um, it's really lovely to to see them and spend time with them. And I think that gives the road and the journey of the road, um, you know, it just gives you a companion. It gives you somebody to bounce your emotions off and, and um, experience with together. Um, having said that, it's my time on my own in the van is also really, really important. Um, it's, it doesn't happen an enormous amount, but, you know, maybe once or twice a week, um, whether it's because I'm touring by myself or in between shows and the people that are with me for the shows are off doing other things. Uh, I'll, I will be on my own in the van and um, though there are minimal amounts of time, as I say, maybe once or twice a week, um, those times are really important for reflecting and 
for just enjoying my own company and considering everything that's been going on and and the space in between different different hangs and different company that allows me to appreciate what those things are and what those people are and what those experiences are when they come. Um, best person I have met on the road, uh, that is literally not answerable. Um, I'm sorry, but I just literally could not pick a person that I've met on the road that is better than anybody else. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, my first front of house sound engineer, um, Elmo Heavey, um, because he springs to mind and he's been on the road with me. Um, basically, he started touring with me back in 2010. And uh, 2010? Yeah, I think I met him in 2009. He started touring with me in 2010. And he lived in the back of the van with me for for four or five years. Uh, and when we were touring in Canada, he um, he fell in love with a girl when we were on Vancouver Island playing a gig in Nanaimo. And... Um, and they ended up having a kid together, Frankie. And um, so Elmo doesn't tour that much with me on the road, but he ha they had another child, Isla, who's my goddaughter, and um, we're still really close, and he still works on my live gear a, a fair bit, and um, he'll come away on tour sort of maybe once every couple of months for a few days, do a few gigs that are sort of close to where he lives. And um, he's just been like a phenomenal older brother figure for me. He has this um, company now called Rolling Stages, um, which he does like a stage in the back of this massive trailer that he can sort of set up all by himself and he puts on gigs. It's sort of like a big version of my camper van stage, um, a big, much better version of my camper van stage. Um, and he's just a phenomenally inspiring person. Last week he built me a, a pedal board that fits inside a kick drum that can open up and come apart and the whole thing goes in a kick drum case and is under 23 kilos so I can fly with my pedal board and my kick drum, which, you know, he's just a genius. Um, the best place I've travelled in the van, again, I just, I'm sorry guys, but I just literally cannot pick one best place. Um, so I'm going to give you just a great example of a place I've been that I really like. Uh, I was in Bellingen a couple of weeks ago and I go there probably two or three times a year and play gigs. Um, but Bellingen just has this beautiful array of rivers sort of passing through Um and wonderful spots to swim and it's just a gorgeous little town with this is what you can always hear bands playing in 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 houses nearby and there's always music playing and and um you know there's just a lot of healthy food everybody just looks like they eat vegetables grown in their garden and swim in rivers all day which is literally what happens um yeah and bellingen is just i found a beautiful yoga studio as well i did some phenomenal yoga sessions with my dad which was really cute um but yeah bellingen is probably um the first place that comes to mind that I've really, really enjoyed recently. Uh, the hardest thing about this lifestyle is the uncertainty, you know. Um, it's also the most enjoyable part, but yeah, I find that I, I end up folding all of my clothes really neatly into my bag and having every little thing that I own have its specific place in my bag so that I'm really certain of where everything is. And I find that that certainty is something that, you know, I savour because it's just so um, rare in this way of travelling. Um, it's just so much is uncertain and there's there's very little for you to sort of really rely on and really fall back on. Um, so you're constantly kind of in this forever moving, moving and changing and warping world. Um, and that lack of certainty can make you feel quite adrift 
and make you feel um, quite ungrounded and that can be really, really difficult. I think a lot of people that live this way, especially when they're playing gigs, you know, they end up um, leaning on drugs and alcohol and things to, one, recreate the high of the live performances, but two, um, to just sort of lubricate the process of constantly moving and constantly changing scenes and changing changing environments. Um, and that can be really dangerous. So so I think it, it is a very difficult part of it that um, that can, you know, lead you to a bit of strife. You really need to find ways to create gentle and reassuring certainties in your days, routine, stuff like that, um, and find ways to stay grounded. For me, it's meditating and yoga and surfing um, but yeah, those, those, yeah, the uncertainties become quite difficult. Um, my advice for anybody thinking to converting to van life would be don't, don't, don't perceive that it's going to be this beautiful aesthetic experience with, you know, like, don't, don't think that it's going to be like all the stupid pictures you see on Pinterest and stuff, you know, I mean, you can spend all day finding the perfect spot and crinkling the bed just so and cleaning the dogs and making sure the dogs are sitting just right so they're looking out at the foggy mountains of Peru or something. But honestly, that stuff is... Those moments happen naturally when you are deep in the flow of travel. Um, and my advice would be get ready to be rough, you know. Um, you're going to have to let go of a lot of... Um, luxuries, a lot of certainties, a lot of routine. Um, that's not true, actually. You can have a, a really beautifully complex routine to your days, but a lot of certainties and a lot of luxuries you're going to have to get rid of and you're going to end up in all kinds of situations and they're not all going to be nice, but when you look back, all of them are part of the adventure and when you look back, you'll smile when you think about what it all was. But that would be my advice is is lower your expectations and don't expect you're going to wander into this insta-perfect van life world um, because you miss a lot of shit, you know. You'll just miss a lot of the real raw beauty of travel and of living in a van if everything is about recreating those stupid Pinterest photos. <laughs> Uh, if you want to keep up to date with my music and tours, you can go to www.kimchurchill.com. Uh, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, all that jazz, YouTube, uh, Instagram, um, you know, all of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope you're all having wonderful, wonderful days, whatever you're up to when you're listening to this. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Kim. If you have not yet heard his music, please go and do yourself a favour and have a listen because it's really, really good. To keep up to date with us, head over to our socials at Augie Sundays. That's A-U-G-I-E Sundays.